0: What does ben mean to the fm community i feel like he's kind of like the dad of the community i feel like anybody could go to him for her advice and he would take the time to respond to them and he's meant a lot to me over the years just as a creator but also just as a friend in general
1: ben is what every person who does football manager content creation aspires to be in this community he is probably the best around and he is the focal point of the community, and that's why everybody just looks up to him. I don't think you'll find anyone
0: who cares as much about Football Manager and the community around it in terms of content creation than Ben. He is someone who came into the space and showed people who were already around before him that content could be so much more than just sitting down and talking in front of spreadsheets about the game. What can I say about Dr. Benji? He's one of the first football manager content creators I watched for many years. He's inspired so many. Personally, he's helped me in my journey so far and I'm very much looking forward to seeing what else he's got up his sleeve to keep the community growing.
1: He's pivotal to it all, which is not bad for someone who used to be the self-proclaimed bad boy of the FM scene. There's one thing that is for sure. It wouldn't be the same without him. Boss, it's me all I, all I'll do is help this all i'll do is help uh well, it was it was four hours it was if i didn't come in, if i didn't come in for it was the way it was the way it was said to me by a doctor was if i didn't come into hospital uh within the like if so basically i came in at six o'clock and he said He said, "If you'd have come in at ten, you wouldn't have made it in." And I just went, "Okay." And I was twenty, and I was fit as a fiddle. And so you ask, like, did it shape me? Did it motivate me? Destroyed me, if I'm being honest.
0: Hello, all, and welcome to the Scouting Centre. A show designed for you to get to know your favourite content creators as well as their content creation journey. My name is Diz aka Mr Underscore Diz83 and you can find me on Twitch, Twitter and YouTube. If you're enjoying the Scouting Centre series, can I ask that you like this video, subscribe to the channel and leave a comment below. Let me know what you thought about the video as well as who you want on future episodes of the Scouting Centre. My guest today is the godfather of football manager content creation. His first ever upload on YouTube was in August 2014, where he started with a knowledge save. Since then, he has over 90,000 subscribers on YouTube and close to 39 million views. He started Twitch streaming in August 2015 and now has over 45,000 followers. He's one of the few who content creates full-time, bringing a series such as Do It Better, the AFC 10 series and Draft Wars on his YouTube, as well as currently doing a Marbella save on his Twitch. On top of that, he has helped create one of the premier saves in Football Manager in the Glory Hunter series, as well as the premier show on any streaming platform in relation to the streamer showdown, providing us huge entertainment on a monthly basis. Not only does he organise it, he produces it, as well as competing in it. Recently, he started to step into the world of podcasts, doing 20 good minutes with his friend Zealand, which can be found on iTunes and Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, the Scouting Centre is honoured to have him on the show. He is the face of Football Manager content creation and the head of the table. I give to you Ben, aka Dr Benji. Ben, how are you today?
1: Uh, no matter what I say in the next however long we do this for, it will never live up to the introduction you just given me, Diz. But no, I'm very well, mate, very well um i've never had it listed quite as detailed as that before so that was that was good
0: no no um I, i've well as i said you're the head of the table and the research on you has basically taken a week um Blimey. and i'm just I'm, I'm honored to have you fair, thank you so much for making time for this in what is no doubt a massively busy period of time in your life with everything oh, that's going on
1: yeah, and I, I love I doing things like this I love seeing people do this type of thing and I'm very keen to be involved in this sort of thing I, just think, I think this is the sort of thing we don't have I've been saying it for five years we don't have nearly enough of this sort of thing but you've been doing it really really well I think when you asked me I'd seen the ones you've done with some other people and thought this is something I want to be involved in so here we are right here we
0: are <laughs> I appreciate that I appreciate that and you do watch the show which for me is like really Absolutely. humbling so you know it goes to show you do look yeah. at other Football Manager content creation um, that, that um, appeals to you
1: yeah, chiefly because she sends it to me on Discord every single time you upload one, so... That's uh, our secret, I, I can't, I can't, That's I, our secret. <laughs> I can't not see them. They're <laughs> always saying... He sends it to me three times a day, every day. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, have, you it no, uh, have you watched it yet?
0: Have you watched it yet? Have you watched it yet?
1: I watch them all. I watch them all. So yeah, I I see what people say about me, and usually it's quite nice. So I can handle that. Apart from Zealand, he went for me, but everyone else was was lovely.
0: (laughs) We will go into Zealand um, later on. Um, I I have sent you the questions as a as a preamble, but but I think the first question is Ben. What got you into Football Manager?
1: It was oh, it must have been two thousand, and it wasn't Football Manager, right? It was Championship Manager, and I. Got it in a cereal box. And I was reminded of this. It's funny, I was talking to Golden FM, who's another one of sort of the the long-standing members of the community. And he said to me, Like, I remember getting it in a Frosties box. And I remember thinking, I wasn't allowed Frosties. And I was like, one week we bought we got Frosties because I wanted like the demo of Championship Manager 2000 um so that was the first time I played it. I'd, I'd seen it around a friend's house I did the classic thing of going around a friend's and sitting on a chair behind him that was the most uncomfortable chair in their house always every time right and uh you'd sit and watch and sort of half celebrate when the goal goes in and then getting my hands on Championship Manager I one oh two, and that was mine. I, that was one of my first video games I ever owned, probably aside from having a PlayStation. Definitely the first like PC game I ever owned, yeah. um, and absolutely loved it. Like just fell in love with it, and still to this day, like look back to that game as the pinnacle of sports management.
0: So, have you? Did you buy Frosty since?
1: you know? I'm not, I'm, I wasn't allowed them when I was growing up. It wasn't. It wasn't something I was allowed. It was the Cheerios and banana kind of guy yeah. from the ages of like twelve to about seventeen. So I didn't have much else. Um, I mean, and Ellie doesn't know me have Frosties either. Although <laughs> exclusive, right? And I'll show you the camera. This. Yeah. Uh, Zealand's mum has sent me some Captain Crunch. She sent me three boxes of Captain Crunch. So uh, I guess there's a new cereal in town which I can try. <laughs> so That's exciting.
0: Yeah, Mumbat, the absolute legend. And that is following on the <laughs> conversation that you had with Zealand on 20 Good Minutes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So actually, yeah, the context seems crazy. Like she just sent me cereal out of nowhere. <laughs> Talked about it on the podcast. And uh, without even asking, she sent me three boxes of Captain Crunch. So, um, yeah, living the dream. Mumbat, the legend. Oh,
0: yeah. So it is crazy, isn't it? Because you you have literally bought a cereal once in your life and it's kind of shaped the rest of your life, hasn't it? In, in essence.
1: Yeah, probably, a I probably I didn't even buy I was probably 10, so I, w- I wouldn't even buy it, I'd have just demanded that we have it that one week, and uh, yeah, well the thing is, obviously, I've played Football Manager for a long, I've, I've played Football Manager for much, much longer than I've recorded it and put it out as content, right, so I'm still catching up on those hours, and it's a completely different experience playing it as a youngster to recording it and showing people it now, it's very, very different.
0: And then all these years later, you decided to become a content creator, what inspired you to do that?
1: I've got a different story to most people in the community a lot of people have watched other football manager creators and then got into it and part of my story absolutely is that I watched work the space as a, as a fellow called job as well who did a did a Liverpool series very early on sort of 2013-14 but I'd I'd i had a YouTube channel since I was 16 since yeah. 2016 uh, sorry, sorry 2006 even earlier than that 2006 and I'd done some stuff on a previous channel and I dabbled with that quite a bit and I've got to know a lot of people through doing youtube i went to lots of events live and in person and things like this and i took a break away from that and just watched youtube and didn't just like watch it for my own statement watched it and sort of studied it without almost like subconsciously studying it and then suddenly subconsciously studying it and and seeing how people did certain things especially within football manager and thinking to myself there's a gap there one day and i will i will move into it but my issue was i didn't have a computer i didn't have i couldn't afford a computer didn't have a computer and i knew that that was sort of the goal to everything i remember tweeting. Uh, work the space right and he, he was a major part in me starting streaming and doing youtube yeah. and just said oh how do you record your videos and he went i've got an inbuilt capture card and i was like brilliant into a computer that i don't have so one, <laughs> want, want i can't afford the capture card Two, i can't afford the computer so i put that put a stop to it for a while but um yeah so even even me with fanboying you know fanboying work the space and <laughs> and watching his stuff and realizing that i could do that but differently and people might enjoy it. That's the, that's the risk you take. Take right? Yeah,
0: hundred percent. And it's crazy because now, obviously, your relationship with work the space with Jack is 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 quite special, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I've yeah I've known him for a long time now. i've Known him for six or seven years. I remember the first time we, we actually like chatted away was playing uh, Black Ops Two, Call of Duty Black Ops Two, which is still my favorite Call of Duty. Yeah, I'm playing with him and just getting to know the guy right i wasn't really interested in the youtuber and this comes from me knowing youtubers for, for when i first started so there wasn't this idea of oh wow it's worth the space i think when me and jack first started talking my old youtube channel had more subscribers than his at that time yep. so it was a little bit like but, but but i think that approach is crucial i think if you if you treat people like they're on this pedestal then they will act and you will view them as if they're on that pedestal whereas if you just treat them like normal, normal people which they are yep. right with slightly more people watching what they're doing online, then it's whatever. I should say this right now as we record. if you hear Doug screaming, he's yeah. having a bath and we'll be getting out of the bath soon and we'll be furious. So just <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. just know, if it's, sorry, everyone. It's just, it's not, it's not me. Technically it's my fault, but it's not me. <laughs> so
0: what steps did you take going forward to become that content creator then? So you said you didn't have a PC, you didn't have a capture card. How in between speak to work the space first and then actually starting, what steps did you take?
1: So I, w- I watched for a long time. And then and I was, I was unemployed, I was heavily depressed. I, like, I've, I've told this story loads of times, but I, I, I appreciate you and some of your viewers won't have, so I'll, I'll do it again. And I didn't have much going for me. And the only route out was I would go into Jack's chat and I would be in Jack's call sometimes when he's doing it. And I was known in Jack's streams as the guy in the call, <laughs> which which was quite, <laughs> quite a funny thing at the time. Some people still know me as the guy in the call, right? And um, it was it was a point where I was like I want to try this now and it was Jack had finished streaming one night and Ellie had a laptop and I was like I'm going to use I'm going to use the laptop which is not capable of doing this but we're going to download OBS and we're going to play FM14 I think it was and it's going to be fine and the, the laptop would crash three times a night overheat completely destroy itself um, and we did that for about five months. I probably streamed almost every day for about five months. Every weekday It was always my thing. Weekdays, 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 and I would do one o'clock till five o'clock. And then it got to the August. Probably, can you hear Doug? By the way, uh, no, I can't. Okay, I've put this new microphone. It's doing wonders. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no one can hear it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's so loud for me. It's hilarious. The input. But yeah, that's it, right? So we got to we got to August. And, I'm, and my mom and dad had a conversation with me. I remember, tra- I remember traipsing an Ethernet cable through the living room, up the stairs, into my bedroom at the time. And as I'm walking up the stairs, i was going, "How long is that going to be there for?" <laughs> and, I, and I said to her, really seriously, like when I look back now, and she remembers it quite clearly, and I remember saying it quite clearly. I just said, "Until this is a su- until this is a success." I said it cleaner than that. when I said it to her, but until until this is a success, because I just felt like. I was, this was the thing I was good at. And this was the thing that people thought I was good at. And when you got that belief in yourself, you feel like I felt like I could do anything at that point. You get that feeling, even though I still don't have a computer. So I had to go to them. I remember we had a summer holiday, we went to, went to the south of France yeah. on a holiday with Ellie, my sister and my mum and dad. And um, I remember I'd ordered the parts for a computer. They let me 500 quid for the for the parts of the computer which was a huge help at the time. Otherwise, there was no way we could have done this. I think it was, I think it was 500, £544, it was. And she said to me, okay, we, we're going to lend you this, and don't worry about it. Don't worry about, like, paying it back or anything. And my attitude was, no way. I'll you'll have that back by the end of whatever it was. And by the end of October, I sent her a PayPal, like, payment of £544. I went, you can have that back. <laughs> and just, like, just for people donating, right, and just uh, people subscribing, yeah. And I, di- I didn't ever want, I, one of my big things, I don't like being in debt with anybody for anything. I mm. can't stand it. So the, the idea that I was had this debt to my parents who had supported me and looked after me for 24 years already, I was like, I've got to get rid of this as quickly as possible.
0: <laughs> See, that's amazing because that goes through like, so within six months, your YouTube and your, um, well, your um, Twitch as well, um, when you first started to start that, it kind of exploded pretty quickly, would you say?
1: Yeah, the help of Jack was huge. Jack would raid me and things like this, and I would. But I was clever about it. I wouldn't stream when Jack was streaming. If if I knew Jack was ending at eleven o'clock, well, guess he was doing a late night stream for a couple of hours. Yeah. If I knew Jack was streaming at five o'clock, guess he was doing one till five, right? Like I that, that was my thing. I'd do some late night hours. I'd do some midday hours. Sometimes I would stream twice a day and stuff like that. And I, and I had a I had a plan like of how and again this this came from watching I did, this this was before i had even like done a stream or made a video i just thought i'm going to sort of focus on how these people are having people watch them and if they're going to watch me i want to make it as easy as possible for those people that was that was my thing right it wasn't the case of i want loads of people to watch it was like if people are going to watch i want it to be really easy for them to do so yeah. so that that was a that was a big driving like motivator for me and by the time i did my first youtube video because I had like three thousand followers on Twitch at this point, just streaming all all summer. Basically, that's what that's what I did. I had a thousand subscribers before my first video went up. So my first video I went onto YouTube and immediately got a thousand views, like almost almost within a day. Right, so it's weird there was a lot of hard work that went into it right doing four hour days of just streaming to people without a face cam without any full equipment and then by the time it came around to making a video i had this new computer that at the time was as i say 550 quids worth of computer it wasn't like a super computer it was just enough for me to start and that was the big that was the big factor and i think my mum and dad looked at me and thought You've just got to start. Like I was, I would. It's a good story, actually. I used to go to. I so, I had a pulmonary embolism when I was twenty, yeah. which is where a blood clot travels from your your lung, oh sorry, from your leg to your lung after yeah. after having a deep, deep vein thrombosis. And as a result, I used to have, to have these blood tests with my dad. Um, he didn't do the blood test, <laughs> but he used to take me to the yeah. he used to take me to the to the hospital to have them done. And I used to dread the the car journey home. Because I knew the cards. because on the way there, I'm tired, right? We used to go at eight in the morning, like half seven in the morning, eight in the morning. Cool. So I could be, I could beat the queue of people having their blood test. Um, I figured out the system. I was like, if you get there at half seven, they start at eight, I always get number one. you yeah. right, you get numbers, one one seven, sort of hundred, whatever. And uh, I used to dread the conversation on the way home in the car because I thought, he's gonna ask me what I've done this week. And my answer is nothing. And I'm doing nothing. And then it got to a point where I look forward to that conversation. I could talk out how many people were watching, I could talk about how many people. Were tuning in and it just it just allowed me sort of like this this safe space of like i'm proud of something i'm doing which is ultimately i think why people should do this is because they want to be proud of it and they want to tell people they're doing it and that was a that was a big factor for me as well i want i wanted people to know i was doing it when i was doing it because again i was proud of it right like i don't think i don't think enough people have enough pride in what they're doing to the point where they hide it i think if you feel like you can't tell your friends then you probably can't tell anybody because yeah. it's just like if if you're too afraid to show them you're too embarrassed then that is the first block to doing this as a career i feel like so i so i was happy for my friends to know i was happy for like my family to know i was i was fine with it so i don't know i don't know where this question started i've just gone on a huge <laughs> tangent about how, how i used to hate talking to my dad for half an hour a day but yeah here we are
0: no so i was gonna ask so it sounds like you were single-mindedly and fully focused on the fact that being a content creator was gonna be your career. Did you have a backup plan or was it a case of all or nothing?
1: When you've got nothing, it's easy to have a backup plan and nothing. Yeah. So I was. I knew that if nothing worked for me, I'd go back to the position I was in before, which wasn't nice and was horrible. But but, but equally, I, I wasn't going backwards. I was going back to a life where I knew that I was, like deep down, I was letting my parents down, I was letting Ellie down, I was letting me down. And that was enough of a motivator to think oh, okay, i'm not going back there like i've spent six seven eight years in this position i'm done like this is this is the new thing so i'd have to so then i become my own self-motivator then it was a case of well if i don't get up and stream no one's going to stream for me so guess who's getting up at like 10 o'clock or well, like because even then right i've still got this lifestyle of like, i can get up at 10 yeah. <laughs> i can start streaming at one i could but but then from like five until midnight or whatever it was i would be working on what i do for tomorrow's stream how i make it better and that was another like key thing of just wanting to be better at it and working hard at the individual elements and so not worrying about the number so much just worrying about the quality and that, that was again that's, that's something i still try and focus on now
0: it's weird isn't it because like many people go from youtube to twitch but from the sounds of it you went from i, I know you've got um, a, a historic background with youtube but in mm. relation to dr benji you went from twitch to youtube
1: Yeah, it's that, and that was kind of uh, it. Wasn't strategic because I always knew when I started. I thought at some point we'll go back to YouTube and we'll do this on YouTube. But I knew that doing it on Twitch, I would gain a confidence. Even when I had this former channel, there was this website called Blog TV Mm. that was like that, like predates Justin TV, which obviously is now Twitch. And I would broadcast on there to maybe a hundred people at any one time. So my experience of talking live to people and not actually hearing them. Was already like was already a little bit ingrained. It was it was something I knew I was capable of doing. Knew, knew something I was I enjoyed doing, which I think again is, is a big factor. And it, it is it's just the thing, thing is right at that point. It was strange, right? You had a YouTube channel and then you streamed, and now you'll notice all the top streamers will have an editor and a thumbnail guy, and every clip and highlight they have on their stream will be put on a YouTube channel to get a quarter of a million views yeah. without fail. Like that's that is the new thing now that. It's, it's seen as like, I think a lot of the big streamers who, who have started by streaming have thought this is the easiest money I'm ever going to make. Yeah. <laughs> Just uploading, uploading a clips of the stuff people are enjoying. So I know people like it. to a YouTube channel for people to catch when they're not watching live. It's, uh, it's quite the business model.
0: Do you remember how you felt when you put that first video on YouTube out?
1: Yeah, I was proud of it. I thought that's good. That's as good as the ones I'm watching at the moment on YouTube. And, and again, that comes from doing it for five months, doing streaming for five months and having an audience and connecting with them. And before I put it up, I probably sent it to like five people. I probably sent it to Jack. I can't remember now, but I've got, I'd be pretty certain I sent it to Jack and said, What do you think? And he, and he must have said it was all right because I put it on YouTube. So hmm. I was, again, then the confidence was growing. I probably, similar to how I do this with Jack now, I ask Jack questions and I go, uh, can you just check this for me? And no matter what he says, I know what I'm doing already. Yes. <laughs> so, so I'm asking him, but I'm also certain of what I'm going to do.
0: And then, a question that I really want to ask is: You're very creative and you're very witty, aren't you? You're, you're quite, um, you're quite quick thinking. Where is yeah. is that a? Um, where does your creativity come from and your quick wittedness? Uh,
1: probably, uh, my dad would probably take credit. Yeah. But I remember watching for, from the ages of. Oh, no, early t- late teens to early twenties. Uh, there was part of me that thought my way out of this would be becoming a stand-up comedian, mm-hmm. and I will I will move into stand-up and I will do that somewhere and I will I will try and do whatever I need to. Like I remember thinking of like starting a comedy club when I was like eighteen. I was thinking, Great, Yarmouth doesn't have a comedy club. Shall I shall I start one? <laughs> with that again, with no budget, didn't even have a computer. So I was do I had a laptop that was from two thousand and I know two thousand seven, two thousand six, and I th- I think it was just. Uh, my fa- my family, I've got have got a funny family, but like my like mum's the most serious, anxious person you'll meet ever. My daddy is a clown, yeah. and like I definitely take sides of both of them. But when it becomes a, a, like a matter of performing, almost it comes from there. But again, I, wa- I but like wanting to be a comedian, I watched a lot of comedians. Like I would go through like people will have famously seen like the Chortle interviews for those that know I'm talking about, like university stand up like um, competitions at, called Chortle. And you'll have seen, like, Will from the Inbetween has been on it and Spencer Owen has been on it and things like this. But I I would go through and watch every single person on it yeah. and and go watch, like, 400 videos over the course of, like, a month and be like, what are they doing? What are they doing? How are they doing this? How are they doing that? And just trying to find, com- like, comedy from every aspect of YouTube. Because there was so much amateur footage going up then. Yeah. It was like, God, oh, I'm going to try and find little aspects of this. This is something I've never talked about, Diz. See, you're good at this. You could do You could do this professionally. Thank you. Thank you. I'm loving this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, so you were researching them and then what did you take from that? And what did you, cause it goes to show that you can actually learn some of this, can't you? You can learn to be quick-witted. You can learn some personality traits to kind of be a little entertaining and things like that.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's just doing. It's just a lot of doing. And I, cause I remember being 20 and watching people a little bit older than me even someone younger than me, right? I'm watching them be funny and witty around people, and fi- and timing, right? And the, the, there was a moment when I knew I wasn't funny, and then when I was funny, yeah. it was when I would make the older members of my own family laugh, and I would do jokes and like I try to copy my dad basically around like family. You'd go to like these big family events, and you'd do jokes, and people would just be like, "Yeah," <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I'd do them a few years later, and everyone would be crying, and I'm thinking. So i had something there like suddenly i don't know i don't know what happened. I, I just matured or i think i think it is timing with that sort of thing yeah. and obviously i'm not a professional comedian but i do I do acknowledge that i do funny things and say funny things and i can be funny and i can be the first to like have a jab at someone or as you say like wittily have a response or a retort um with most people but yeah, that's if i couldn't do that in this job i probably wouldn't do this job do you know what i mean
0: but it's kind of evident with your like you recently started to stream gta rp which is yeah. you by yourself bouncing off people who you don't know in the yeah. um, uh, in the GTA RP world, and and your your <laughs> your witness is always quite. Uh, <laughs> I think it's it's there for all to see.
1: Yes, I'm 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 in my element playing roleplay play GTA. Uh, it's funny actually. We, we talked about like when I started streaming with Jack. I used to do. There's some on my Twitch channel that still exist. I would just like force. Jack and the streamers of the era to just do roleplay for no reason, no reason at all. There's some, there's some clips of like Jack having an affair with another streamer and things like this, and uh, like it's so. It's ridiculous, but it still exists on my channel. You can still find them. Um, uh but yeah. So this is this is me all over. This is like I, I'm gonna do loads of it on my second channel and just upload clips of the streams that we do on it. Because it's Jar, I find it so fun. It's the sort of thing where I would do this if no one was watching. Like yeah. I would still just do it because I find it really fun to do. So. Uh, yes a new world for me to enter literally
0: and then um so i think another question is where did the name dr benji come from
1: yeah it's terrible isn't it i mean if there's one thing i could change this it'd be really? <laughs> it'd be that uh yeah yeah it's awful um when i so this like this other channel i had was called was was youtube.com slash dr benji it still exists but none of the videos exist yeah. they're all private all hidden away um when i don't care anymore i'll probably I list them all so you can see them but um I wanted to do when I was eighteen. I wanted to do so that channel started uh, May eighteen, uh, then amazing March eighteenth, two thousand and eight. Was that was that channel? I had previous channels before as well. where I did at school and things. like that. I, did, I had a lip syncing channel too, which is deep in the annals of YouTube. Um, and I'll show you that afterwards. Uh, and um, yeah, I, I sorry, I've just caught myself thinking about that lip sync channel. I know I can't continue because I can't I can't get my mind off what I did singing. I can't even say because people could people could Google it. Um, sorry, Diz, What was the question? I've lost. I've gone. I've mentally. I've boomed no, myself not, there.
0: It's fine. Um, <laughs> I think the question was. I think I've gone as well. To be fair, um, the name <laughs> Dr. Benji. Where did? That oh yeah, of course.
1: Cool. Sorry, yeah. So I was going to do it. I was going to do. Yes, yeah. See, I've, I hate the name so much. I'll just avoid every question about it.
0: Um, <laughs> You're going to lip syncing. That was
1: it. That's it. Technique. That's it. But I, I wanted to do a YouTube channel where um, I could do like young people advice young person advice and my family always called me benji when i was my dad would always call me benji boy and things like this and uh so i thought i'll just be i did not want to be ben because ben was a bit boring a bit simple so i thought i'll just be dr benji like i'll just i'll help young people i did two videos on that topic no one cared and i just didn't change the name and then six years later when it came to making a twitch channel and a youtube channel I had this opportunity this to rebrand and be someone completely different that had a better understanding of the world they were in, a football manager, I could make it sport-based, and I just went with Dr. Benji FM. Yeah. So, shockingly bad decision-making from 24, 25-year-old me. But yeah. Um, yeah, if I could one day change everything, across everything, I probably would, but I thought it's probably past me now.
0: Uh, well, I was going to say, I was going to add to your, um, your introduction, um, Pete Black's what what he's a doctor of, he's a doctorate of content creation
1: well yeah i'll take that sure that's i'll I didn't, say, I'll say because that i didn't want
0: to buy you to begin with and i like to surprise people but i, I yeah because that's i didn't good. know the background of you mean for all i know you were an actual doctor
1: <laughs> definitely not but i spent i've spent a, it's funny right i had that name and then i spent an awful lot of time in hospitals and doctor surgeries over the course of the last 10 years so yeah eventually it made sense
0: so i mean you have talked about your, your pulmonary embolism do you um do you think that's part of the reason why you're such a go-getter, if, if that makes sense, because of, um, I know you've talked about it on stream, but, and, you know, Ben, if you don't want to talk about this, that means we don't have No, no, to, we can, we can, okay, it's fine. I know, like, you
1: were, you were close to death, weren't you? Uh, well, it was, it was four hours. It was, oh, if hours, I didn't come in, yeah, hours, if I didn't so. come in four, it was, the way it was, the way it was said to me by a doctor was, if I didn't come into hospital uh, within the, like, If so basically I came in at six o'clock and he said, you said if you'd have come in at 10, you wouldn't have made it in. Yeah. And I just went, oh, okay. And I was 20 and I was fit as a fiddle. And so you ask, like, did it shape me? And did it motivate me? Destroyed me, mm. if I'm being honest. Um, it, I, I'd never felt lower than when I was in a room. And right, people go through this sort of like illness stuff all the time. People go through far worse than what I went through. But as far as but personal to me was concerned i sat in a room with three doctors one physician and they just said okay so you're gonna be on this this medication and you're gonna be on this for life and i was just sitting there as like a fit healthy 22 20 20, uh, 20 year old young man, 19 actually at the time i was 20 that year but 19 just being like what i played football for 15 years of my life i was doing sport four times a week i was coaching i was doing all sorts and then all of a sudden i'm in this position where i've had a DVT that had been undiagnosed for five months that's how it got to this point they, they thought it was a calf strain this yeah. whole time and uh yeah I had a PE went into hospital was told that spent a week in the coronary care unit at the local, local hospital with a bunch of people that have had heart attacks and things like this just everyone over the age of 80 and me yeah. and uh yeah, and I remember walking out. The only the only good book was I got to watch the I got two months off college and got to watch the World Cup that year. <laughs> so <laughs> England weren't very good, but that was the only that was the only saving grace of the whole thing. But now it was but mentally and and physically as well, I got so weak very very quickly. I lost all strength in my arms and my legs like so so fast. And um, yeah, as in terms of what it did to me mentally, I, I put on an outrageous amount of weight which I'm still trying to shift now and yeah it was a big it was the big it's the one big stumbling block in my life my like physical health that is like still the it's just that is like the one thing it's crazy isn't it right we're still sitting here that is the one thing that I'm still battling and it's and and it's because of that moment and yeah it's uh it's tough it's tough to, i find it difficult to talk about but i don't mind talking about it right i've realized in the recent months i went on i went on we Stream's uh, social thing the five star potential social stuff and yeah. talked about it a bit on there and said like i've got to start the conversation I've got to start talking about it like otherwise it just carries on being this thing i never talk about it's the elephant in the room and i'm sick of being the elephant
0: yeah that's um and i think it's always better to talk about it and if at any point we talk about something you don't want to just let me know ben and we'll we'll move on
1: I don't know, we are I'm an open book, my friend. That's we can talk about anything.
0: Um, so how did you start coming back from that um f- from the from the pulmonary Embolism? Like I, I know it shook you and physically and mentally it, it's absolutely um in your words like it's destroyed you. Um mm. how did you start coming back from that?
1: Time. A lot of time, realising so, so I was already in a point of feeling very low feeling very down knew i was and then that accelerated it and that that made it so much more obvious that that moment of isolation like that two week, two months out of college so i just didn't see anyone right like i had this thing happen to me in may it was the 30th of may and i went back to college for like the final day of college and didn't realize it was the final day of college i went into one of my one of my like my lecture um things and just said i'm just going to catch up for the last three days of college and they went oh this is the last afternoon i just went right so then i didn't see anyone for the whole of the summer holidays either and then went back and like felt i was behind on everything i couldn't be more behind on every a level i was doing at that point and a lot of it was like a lot of the pe stuff that i was, I was doing pe and sports coaching yeah. when you've had a pulmonary embolism and you've got no energy or you've got no strength or you can't physically do anything you've lost all stamina but to go back and having to work out like fitness routines and circuit training stuff. And like, oh man, I remember after I, like the amount of physical stuff you had to do just to be, just to include it as part of your coursework hmm. that I'd like prepped for and then couldn't do any of was just like the worst thing. So it got to the Christmas of the, of that year, 2020. Uh, sorry, sorry, 2010. 2010. Hmm. And uh, after that Christmas, I just didn't go back. I was just like, I can't face it. So that was the beginning of like doing nothing for, for years until we literally get to the and this is this is the scary thing right it's the it's like three or four years until we get to the point of i'm going to start streaming yeah. like and there is this three-year gap where we had like london olympics which i remember going to and there's like that's the one thing we did some like family holidays and stuff and there's, there's probably like six moments in that that period of time that i can actually remember mm-hmm. and the rest of it is just non-existent Like, so i'd love to be able to go oh it, it was like the making of me right i realized i had a second chance of life absolutely not just sent me on this path of sadness there's not really another word for it there's this path of a path of sadness
0: you you had a plan didn't you for your career it sounds like in relation to PE and sports coaching and then that was taken away from you when you were what you would describe as your peak
1: yeah I was was 20 so it was a case of I I was 19 right so I was still at a point where I could sort of do whatever I wanted Mm. and I, I had everything in front of me and I could have I could have pursued whatever I wanted to pursue but yeah man it was just that that became. I was told by it, so that part of the problem with embolism was I couldn't do physical sport. I wasn't allowed to do contact sport, so I couldn't play football anymore. Couldn't, couldn't like could do physical sport, right? I can't. Yeah. I can't put any clearer than that. The only thing I can do now is like badminton. So when when we can go back to doing sporting gyms and stuff like that, I will go back to playing badminton again. I'd I, I started playing the what the week before lockdown. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, turn my life around. Start of the year, start of like, the year came around. I was like, here we go. Everything's going to improve. Everything's going to get better. But no, it just, uh, yeah, it fell apart. Not not great, but we'll get back on it. As soon as they open stuff up again, I'm, I'm going to be bang at it again. That's the plan.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Well, that's great to hear, to be fair. And ultimately, it led you to what is now you're um well you are one of the heads of well you are the head of the table aren't you in relation to football manager community and i think a lot of people acknowledge that as well
1: i'm saying i'm so so not the most popular but yeah i've certainly got some say i would say that
0: so when you say you're not the most popular because i was going to go into this later on um but (laughs) what makes you think you're not as popular
1: so in terms of, like, raw numbers, right, I think I'm still, I'm still at this point, the most viewed. I might be close. To, I know Jack's pretty close to it as well. Yeah. So, I, in terms of that, um, I, I've been seen more than anybody else in terms of videos or streaming, if you had the numbers together and stuff like this, right? But in terms of subscriber number, I've not played... And I don't think I'm me saying this, right? I've not played the game in the same way that Jack and Illusio and Z now are playing are play the game. So, in that sense, especially in the last, sort of, six months, because I've had other priorities... Yeah. I've sort of fallen away a little bit and i'm kind of fine with that like i like my position within the community right now i think people are seeing more and more that i like my role is more leadership than it is like popularity and that was always what i was trying to do when i started and i tried to do that when i just started it's very difficult to be a leader of something that you're not fully a part of <laughs> i realize yeah. now so i regret maybe how i used how, how i used to be with trying to sort of like drive people of like we can all do this you know if we all work together and people just were like I'm happy doing my own thing like, I'm yeah. not trying to make this a career and I was a bit like well we could all have it as a career if we if we all work it together but yeah this was like 2016 when it wasn't really working but I had Salford that was a save I did that was just like booming right everyone was that was one of my most successful series to date probably yeah. Um. so I was off this wave of let's make something happen and now it's a lot more obvious We've obviously I'm sure we'll talk about it the showdown and whatnot yeah. It's a, I've got my role is definitely different but I, again I quite like this and there's something incredibly humbling about watching people come on this show and and talk about me yeah. in in like in a nice way where I can sort of sit back and go uh, at least they like i'm I'm pleased they think I'm helping and not hindering and that's like a, such a crucial thing for me
0: and it's crazy because like you talk about this leadership role and um once again, it was something I was going, going to go on to later, but I feel now is the perfect time to put it in. With that leadership role, unfortunately, comes a lot of criticism at times. How do you deal yeah. with
1: that? Uh, better than I did five years ago, yeah. but it, it's I, I didn't deal I didn't deal with it well recently because I feel like so it's difficult with the showdown. There's a lot of really difficult decisions that have to be made about people that aren't in my like professional situation. Yeah so I have to make what are professional decisions to people that do this as a hobby yeah. and that is that is whether I include people or leave people out yeah. and I don't think people necessarily understand the scale of what we're doing quite yet and that's, that's, that's a really difficult thing to it's a really difficult thing to explain to people without them being in it, I think for all the people you've had on this that have been within it mm-hmm. they understand and they get it and fortunately for me they can then talk about it and say how big it's become when it comes to criticism as i say to them privately and i guess i'll say to you now we we're, we're the best in the business no one's doing it better than us and it's going to be incredibly difficult for anybody to do it better than us and they could throw they could they could throw half a million at it and they would struggle to do it as well as we do it right now like so what i've got is i've got a lot of confidence in what we do and how we do it and equally I'm very so. The, so criticism we get on things like Twitter, right? The first thing I did about this happened about six months ago. There was an incident. I won't go into specifics, yeah. but someone someone was like talking down a little bit to someone else who was doing a community project. Mm-hmm. First thing I did, I didn't I didn't go to, go for that person personally. I just said to everyone, I said, if I see any of anyone in this group, in the Discord chat at the time, right, if I said if I see anybody involved in trying to demean what other people are doing or take shots at other people, you are not involved in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I have I have no interest in working with you because that's not what we're about. If people think we're on this pedestal and think we're the elite of the of magic community, they can think that, but let's not give them a reason to say it. Like we know, we know we're not, and but but if we act like we are, then how can we say we're not? So I, I was very quick to nip that thought sort of thing in the bud. And so I've said to people, I will handle any criticism. This is not your fight. Like I make the decisions. I will take the criticism. Like and as I would if something went wrong with an event, right? Someone says something they're not supposed to say, yeah. someone does something they're not supposed to do and they're connected within the showdown, then I take, I take the responsibility for that and I will answer for that. And I will answer questions and criticisms that come with around that as well. Someone has to. We got to the point with the showdown, it got too big. Like someone had to start making decisions that impacted everybody. Unfortunately, again, with this sort of leadership role, they, they trusted me to do that and continue to trust me to do that. So I'm going to do it.
0: And ultimately... And a lot of people don't get this, but you actually want the football manager community to grow for everyone, not just for this select group of people.
1: Yeah, people, people if, they, if they don't get it by now, people need to realise that, this is going to sound patronising, people need to realise that people watching what we do means they will watch what you do, because when they come to football manager and we're not there, they will watch you, or they will look for someone else. So the bigger we can make this, it's like, I don't think people think that if you're not involved, you don't stand to gain anything. I'd like to think you are, this. <laughs> do you know what I mean, right? You're someone that's not me involved at all, but it's given you 20 minutes of conversation in every single one of these you've done. Yeah. People that can make content about it, they can do tweets about it, they can do streams about it, they can do predictions, they can do analysis of squads. There's so much content around that you could do in the same way that we do around, or people do around the Premier League, right? I'm not saying we're as big as the Premier League, but within our circles, right, within this football manager community, we're, we're one of the big, well, i say we're one of, I'll say, say again, we're the biggest event going mm. right now. So, if if i were people i'd be doing stuff around it now do i stand to benefit from people making content around it in a sense but then again it it feeds into the fact what we all do so become be a part of it like get involved and if i see that happen and i see people's passion for it outside of what we're doing within it Hmm. then those are the first people that i talk about with everyone else and say we should get them involved in some way like they should be a part of what we're doing because they care about it as much as we do and they're not even in it yet so, so we have those conversations.
0: I mean, you're quite open about it, aren't you? You've always said, "Hit me up." I mean, I yeah. think you said it about five, six times during <laughs> the stream on our weekend just gone. So, it's not a closed book, is it? It's, 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 it's a misconception if, if for people to suggest that it is.
1: It, it's. There's two sides to it, right? It's a closed book in the sense that the people that are already involved, you have to make me think that you should be there instead of them. Yeah. Which is like people forget this side of it, right? The people that are involved are really good. So to, to not have them involved, I hate going to anyone saying we're going to rotate you out for this one. Like, and it's it's never and like a slant on their quality. It's the it's the opportunity for us to include more people and to make it and to just expand, keep expanding, keep expanding, keep expanding. So that's what we're doing it for. Like, is there a certain level we think you have to get to? Yeah, is that specific? Yeah. Does it mean you can't ask me about it? No, <laughs> like we as 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 unfortunate that you realise it as well. We're open about the criteria, and we're also open to any questions about that. Like if people send content my way, I'm more than happy to discuss it with people. I'm more than happy that to to go through their channel and talk about the things that they're not quite doing as well as they could be, and then. But but a lot of it with a lot of people, like we talk about my story and my journey in this. I, I had a YouTube channel ten years ago that didn't do very well. I know what it's like to struggle and to wish people watched when they're not like I, I i totally get the mindset and what it was with me it was time i talked before about like not being funny right i was just younger i just didn't get it like all i had to do was just live a bit and with content creation it's the same thing you just gotta keep doing like people that have done it for six months like you're 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 a rare example of someone that we think is could be in it tomorrow but just it's just a case of a little bit more time 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 and that goes for loads of creators that we watch and think in five in five months they will be twice as good as they are now and that's when we'll get them involved we've got so many people i say we've got a list of 20 people that are on there that are in the exact same boat as you and and you, you didn't know this until I started talking about it. No, I was <laughs> but say, but like,
0: I'm trying not to smile because I'm trying to be <laughs> professional. But
1: but you're but but you're someone we've been, we've been talking about for months. Like there's and there's there's plenty of those people that I, I hope don't think we're ignoring them. We're just making sure they stick at it. And one of my hate my things I hate doing is giving someone a chance and then they just don't use it properly. So we just we just wait and wait and wait. And as long as they're still going, we'll still be here. So you know, just be patient.
0: It's about trusting the process isn't it and there is a yeah. process you guys have clearly got from your point of view this isn't this isn't a hobby this is your job and this is bigger than than just to stream a showdown weekend yeah it's bigger than that so you need to make decisions based on that wide that bigger picture rather than just that yeah. that weekend
1: yeah and that, that if you don't do it full-time and you don't care right and you think we're being too big time then that's arguably why i think we're quite successful is we t- we take this as seriously as a corporate event like that's how we run it my dad works in corporate events for 25 years and i watched and i listened and while i was doing doing a lot of nothing i was also going like weekends my dad was w- working tourism and we'd put on events and be like a figurehead and the person people would go to and say should we do it like this and, and he would say the yes or no and that's what i've followed right it's part of, le- part of part of why i lead this is because i've got that little bit of experience where others might not and it's it's, it, it's difficult again it's difficult to to tell people without them being a part of it but you've only got to listen to the people that have been a part of it whether they're in the showdown the lowdown the breakdown do editing do whatever right like they know yeah. so when when people are brought in the foot like josh peach is the most recent person right we've brought in yeah. First thing he said was, I can't believe I organised is yeah. <laughs> I went, Yeah. Chez oh, this is I this good I don't think I don't think you mind me saying. Chez, Chez obviously has been a part of a lot of FIFA events, gone to a lot of FIFA convention stuff and, and been a part of it. He said, I've never been to an EA event, run as well as this. I just went, Wow. Mm-hmm. Good.
0: And then did you smile secretly and go, <laughs> like I not even
1: secretly what I actually said was I'm not surprised. Oh okay. Like I I I watched the FIFA community and I think they are I think they're doing it wrong, frankly. And I think they could do it very, very differently. Um, so EA, call me and I'll, I'll tell you what I think you could do better.
0: I was going to say, like, um, is that your is that an exclusive, your next um, series of Do It Better?
1: What, EA? <laughs> do it, what, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. It's hard to win a title with, with with EA, but they're definitely winning the financial war right <laughs> now.
0: <laughs> um, and then you mentioned about people messaging you and, and sharing some content with you. You must be messaged quite a lot from members of the community. How do you deal with that? And how do you because um, eventually if you can not replying to everyone, you won't get any of your own stuff done. How do you sieve through and, and kind of handle the amount of messages you, you probably get?
1: A lot a lot of the questions are the same. Yeah. So that so it makes it easy to say, look at this, obviously the big the big factor in time is having to watch people's content and then give feedback. Yeah. Um, i think there is there's sort of like a baseline rule set that if you follow that then you enable yourself to be like at a certain level and then it's what you do extra yeah. there is a, there is an element of like if you have to keep asking people then you won't do you, it won't happen like there has to be that little bit inside you that goes i'm going to do this and the reason i'm not going to talk to people about it is because i know it's gold mm-hmm. so i'm going to just go and do it <laughs> and again that can be difficult because you want to also check that it's the right thing to do but if you're a smaller channel take risks boys and girls take risks make stuff happen like zealand did it zealand is the example again we'll talk about him i'm sure yeah but (laughs) but like but he's the example of he looked at it and went no one's doing tutorials and no one's doing them entertaining like or or doing them in a a way that's entertaining the way i could do them with my background right and look at him he's exploded he's it's it's not it's not a fluke either, it's it's not again it's not a fluke, but it's not calculated. It's just the perfect storm, yeah. and, and he's right, and he's riding the wave of that.
0: And you know what? You brought up Zealand, and I am kind of <laughs> zigzagging where I was going to go, but ultimately, it's the perfect opportunity, the perfect segue. We have to talk about him, your best mate, Zealand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My best mate, he'll definitely listen to this as well because he's the biggest egomaniac I know. So he'll definitely <laughs> listen to this. I'll make sure conversation. I tag him. Um, just so he knows yeah.
0: that he is mentioned in yeah. this. Um, how has it been getting to know him the last year, and then also creating with him?
1: Yeah, he's a different. He's a different. He's a different beast. Like we've not had someone like him. And I, I spotted it. I, he, he talked to you about it, right? I spotted it pretty quick. I was like, I need to be. I'd rather be with this guy yeah. than than watch him. Like I'd, I'd rather work with him. He's got a drive that that is unlike anyone else in the community i'll go I'll, talk, I'll, I'll include everybody in that no one no one thinks in the way that he thinks yeah. and the way in which he's able to produce an idea and turn it into a quality video with the help of the people that he's hiring right he's, he's working on a different model to everybody else nobody has got a team of editors <laughs> working on his videos or a thumbnail guy and the amount he invests back into what he's producing as well as doing uh, like a master's or whatever he's doing in yeah. Syracuse. Like it's, it's pretty unbelievable. Like that man's work ethic is, is unmatched. He's, it, I'm sure Kev wants a million subscribers. I would love a million subscribers. He'll get it in, if he carries on. There's no doubt in my mind. he it, will will get there. And I'm not sure I could say that for anyone else in this community. Yeah but but also like that, that's right he's still he's young ambitious and American right he's got the dream yeah. and, and we haven't got in England in England it's like get to a level and be happy with it yeah. chill out with America it's like you could be president so you know that's next so I who knows? One day it wouldn't surprise me either, right? Like that's a so ridiculous thing to say because he he makes football manager videos in Portugal or all streams in Portugal. <laughs> but he, like he's the sort of person that in twenty years can uh, can have me a secretary secretary of defense once I've like migrated over. But oh, no, it's, um, <laughs> yeah he's a yeah he's he's a different animal and and he's he's lovely. He's late for things, but he's lovely, and I, I can have a conversation with him about anything, and that's that's something that's not rare actually these days i would have said it was a few years ago but it's lovely that i can say that about many people but but we we connect on a slightly different level yeah. We're, we, we but we talk about this bigger picture thing with the showdown right me and z have it about the industry yeah. and and i can and I have conversations with him that i don't have with anybody else about where this this could be in three years five years where we could be in three or five years and how we how we do that together is you know a podcast is the start of that is, yeah. is part of that sort of like conversation but yeah it's basically someone i i want on my team and i hope he'll have me on his for as long as he wants to be successful in this industry because it's uh yes yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a it might my opinion it's a pretty good combo
0: and then there's that personal connection as well isn't it because i know you've just talked about speaking to him about things that other people or that you haven't to other people but mm. it seems like having listened to 20 good minutes dipping your toe into podcast because podcast is something you've never done before you've, you've decided to do oh, that with Zealand. Your,
1: your research has undone you there it is but <laughs> it's okay this is probably my my eighth podcast
0: oh no but, but i thought i thought you hadn't dipped your toe into it from for about a few years at least
1: oh yeah well yeah i've had a breakaway, so i'll give you that i'll give yeah, you that fa-
0: thank you uh, <laughs> <Research back.
1: laughs> yeah yeah, but i my first podcast was like 2007 but yeah, yeah. like i am um, yeah i've not done a podcast for a while i stepped away we did for the fans which was just like a general football podcast me jack and a few other guys did it yeah. and um yeah it's something i wanted to get into it's funny right there's 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 a, there's a hidden podcast out there right now which i'll i'll quietly promote where z sort of profiles people yeah. and talks about them and, he, and the first one he did was with me i know he's trying to get a few more before he starts releasing them yeah and uh i broke down mm-hmm. so there's this there's the tease for it i uh yeah i had a i had a moment so but I said to him, "I said keep it all in there because it's it's real." But yeah, again, he can get He can get things out of me that not many people can. But he's just someone I just I like. I like I like talking to him. Like I feel like I feel like I'm learning, and I, I like being pushed. And i if you watch podcasts of things I did in this this scene like three or four years ago, one thing I used to say was. I want someone to come and push me, yeah. and now he's pushed me out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> but but, no, but I but I love it. I, as you say, I, I want to see him succeed, and if I can help him do that, and the showdown could be one of those vehicles to help him do that, then let's let's go.
0: And just so you know, Zena, will be listening to all of this, so um, your next yeah. conversation is going to be fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. Shout, shout out to Z Stream if you're not already following. Make sure you hit that follow button. So.
0: Yeah, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Um, let's go back now. Back to the streaming. Um, so I've looked at your, um, your averages and things like that, and you were doing obviously exceptionally well, but from lockdown, it seems you absolutely exploded to have, to having over 1000 average, which I think you weren't doing before that based on my research.
1: What do you put that down to? Lockdown was pretty good. (laughs) It was pretty, it was was very weird though, right? Having success in a world which was crumbling, um, Mm -hmm. and being an escape for people during that time period it, it's very odd to look back at now because it was, it was just a wave of people that would watch every day, um, that I knew was superficial, and would say as much on streams. And I would say, I know this won't be like this forever, and people would go, No, no, it will be. And I had three three thousand Twitch subscribers mm-hmm. for like for like two months, and I was like, This cannot last. Of course, if it does, this is the coolest thing ever, and I can be open and honest about that. But equally, if it doesn't, then just be realistic. And I think now we've sort of been like, like we've not gone under a thousand since then, so we've kept it at a pretty good level, double what it was at pre-lockdown. And it's funny, it just it was. I'll talk about Z right being a perfect storm. Yeah. I decided in January or December actually, I decided in December I said I'm going to stream like four or five times a week and make it a huge part of what I'm doing. Yeah. And then it just coincided with a global lockdown yeah. <laughs> and and people being available to watch and people wanting to do anything but work from home and yeah it just it was just the perfect storm of that and again it's very weird being part of a successful thing when everyone else is having a tough time but my, my community was unbelievable during that time period I'll, I'll never forget the love that i got of course being an expectant father and things like this like it was and i think that was part of people's willingness to to support me right they saw that there was something bigger i would come in with a massive stomach uh, whereas i whereas just sit, sit here with one every day but she would she would come in with it and uh with it with him now he's a real person <laughs> but uh, but it, it would be like a running thing like it, st- streaming to me is like the like it's the personality side of the brain yeah. for me right there's like youtube and, and showdown stuff and there's like a business element to all of that but but streaming is an opportunity for to show who you are and to be you and people started to see a, a different and a realer side of me and we would talk about what i'd be like as a dad right and things like this and now i get to put those things into practice but yeah it was a very emotional time for me because obviously i'm sitting at home every day with with a pregnant fiance and we can't see any family and i'm taking five hours out of my day every day to stream and do videos and yeah. like it's, it's, she's working downstairs for, like doing nhs admin stuff that she obviously does for work and yeah it was a very bizarre time period
0: was it something that you prepared for like, did you did you expect a boom when lockdown happened or was it just something that happened and you ran with it
1: i thought it would, i thought it'd be growth absolutely yeah. i thought i thought it would i didn't so it doubled basically right It's the way is the way i look at it for a lot of creators it it doubled I went from having sort of 700 viewers to having between 1000 and 1500 almost every day and um i didn't think it would i didn't think it would last as long as it did i thought i thought it would be quicker i yeah. thought it would it would be about a month, month and a half, two months, and it went on for about five months of like people just coming back every day, and to the point where I burnt out quicker than they did, yeah. which which was you know the the sad part, right? There was a point. Where, I say burnt out, like I had a child at the end of it, yeah. <laughs> so it was a case of I've got my priorities have changed a little bit. I've got a, I've got another person to think about who doesn't speak and only cries. So <laughs> um, yeah, that was a big a big change in how how I had to approach everything, but. <sighs> I didn't. I didn't expect it to be the way it was. I, I thought there'd be a boom, but I couldn't have predicted the way it stayed and was sustained for a long period.
0: So you've talked about your Twitch and you've talked about your YouTube. Which do you prefer mm-hmm. and why?
1: I, I don't. It, it changes changes every day. There's not really an answer. There's there's nothing better than seeing. There's nothing better than sitting on a video that you know is great and. Like you'll this, you've had interviews, right, that you knew were banging, yeah. and you're like, I can't wait for people to watch and listen to this. There's nothing quite like that feeling, like the anticipation of having an episode one that you've worked a week on, yeah. and you know is people are going to watch live or are going to be great. Or recording an episode like I so I record episodes in the afternoon, and something will happen in it that is so unexpected, I just think, oh, people are going to love this. It's going to be great. And then you put it out, and it's just like a wow sort of reaction. The live stuff is... Ult- like this, is this to me is live. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is... I love doing this, I, I, and that's why that's why I think the showdowns are so successful because I my passion is for doing live stuff, and I will always enjoy doing YouTube, and it will always be something that I will I will never not do YouTube videos for the, as long as YouTube exists. But yeah, I think Twitch is like and, and doing the live stuff is definitely my I think it's what I'm better at. If I'm going to be honest, yeah. like, and I think that's part of doing this. I think you should do the things that you know you're good at because you'll ultimately probably enjoy them more. So. It might have changed in the last year. I probably wouldn't have said this last year, but yeah, the last year has shown me that I can do this. I could do streaming full time if I wanted to, and love it. So you, who knows, this? Who knows?
0: You do. You are quite unique, aren't you? Like with your YouTube. So just so you know, but you know, like full disclosure, I only came. To, I didn't know a football manager community existed. Like I'm, I'm a little bit older than, um, than than you. Um, so I only knew about Twitch in March. I knew about Football Manager community in September, and I only knew of you in November when the new Football Manager came out. Yeah. But you were still doing unique things, weren't you? Like I remember. So the way I became aware of you was I was talking about like with somebody else in the community about like how I be and and my personality and all that stuff and how I do YouTube. And then they showed me your Wolf of What is it Wolf of Wall Street clip where. <laughs> where <laughs> <laughs> where where um you're deciding whether to take another job or not and you've yeah. actually got that clip you you, you are yeah. actually very unique Like with your afc 10 series like your episode one with with all the work you did in relation to that um you are very unique don't you you are very creative um do you think twitch would allow you that side of you to come out
1: yeah I th- and i think see that side of it right i think comes from doing stuff like the gta stuff yeah like football manager is quite limited so to create a story around that is is hard because you, 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 you can't plot it you have to kind of just see what happens in the save and if players stay or leave or job applications fail or whatever and then you have to react quickly yeah. like almost within the day to, to come up with something um, and I think people would say that like their most favorite saves are the ones I did with Salford and with Thames yeah. that had that element to them and people like remember those fondly And that was just me turning around things quickly and having it constantly on the brain. I didn't stream daily, right? The one thing I didn't do during those periods was stream every day. So now I stream three or four times a week as a minimum. Like YouTube videos will take a little bit of a hit of that because I'm losing 20 hours a week just streaming. So so, so, I miss doing that side of it. And I think, not as an exclusive but next year I will change how I do things to accommodate both. So And this year, I don't. I do both as if I'm full-time at both, almost. Uh, streaming, not so much since Doug, but, yeah, I will change how I do things to find a better pattern of how I can operate like professionally.
0: And I think, so, a further one question I had down the line was, you do content creation on YouTube, content creation on Twitch, podcasts, the streamer showdown, which I you know takes more than just, you know, you're not just participating in you are mm. one of the... Or well, you are the key organizer behind it, as well as Matt Nerdphonic, which you've you've openly yeah. spoken about. And then, how do you balance that with your family life?
1: Ellie's brilliant, yeah. <laughs> which which is the simplest way I could put it. She is. Uh, I'm not not. It's not surprised to me, right? I knew, I knew that she was. Yeah. Um, we talked about all the shit I went through years ago. Like she is. I, I've I've never met anybody like her. Um, I don't know what to do without her i don't have to live that that reality so i'm, I'm very lucky she is i'm not surprised thing is right she's the best mum ever and i didn't not think that i always thought she would be yeah. I, I knew she would be as partially why we've got children or, or we'll have future children hopefully and, and i think doug certainly appreciates her as much as i do yeah. um yes yeah, uh, i spend a lot of time at this desk in this room and I've cherished the moments where I'm not in this room and I can hang out with him like I did a few hours ago just sat in the living room with him for an hour mm. um, but she is very much the primary carer She, she's not just his support system but mine as well and uh, yeah, I don't know how either of us would function without her she's as much as I want to say I balance it really well I don't balance it very well and I'm lucky that she is here right now to make sure that he is getting the best chance at everything he does in, the, in this very early part of his life, especially when there's not loads of family that you can see yeah. on a regular basis, right? That's why she's so she's so unbelievable, really. She, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how she's doing it. It's and, uh, yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: And then hopefully with your changes next year, that will allow you that little bit more balance, won't it? Because ultimately that's what it is. You haven't, I mean, you said it yourself, you probably haven't got the balance right yet. Hopefully next year that will allow you to have a little bit more.
1: Oh, I can't go anywhere do you know what I mean like uh, the amount of times we sit around thinking oh, I'd love to be able to just go to like the beach or the zoo or the park or and just do things like, just spend a day somewhere doing like travel an hour sit, sit go somewhere completely different see different things I'm sure I'm not the only person that's felt like that in the last year right I'm sure there's lots of us thinking I can't wait for a holiday yeah. <laughs> like I can't wait to go do some stuff and just not sit in the four walls like, it's quite funny though really because I'm trying to buy a house soon whenever that is and I really hope everyone wants to lose their four walls <laughs> and <laughs> wants to sell as a housing poop. So if, if you are looking to sell your house, do DM <laughs> me because, uh, yeah, that'd be very helpful. But uh, she, she's she's unbelievable. She, I, hopefully she wouldn't have to listen to this to know that either. Yeah. I no, think she knows. It's it's a, it's a birth, I don't know when this is coming out, but it's just it's either just been her birthday or it's it's about to be her birthday. So
0: just so everyone knows, we're filming this on Friday. Ellie's birthday is on Sunday and this is coming out on Wednesday and probably on Friday to be fair because I think it is going to be a two-part
1: Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Exclusive there, Ben. Exclusive. Huge. Huge.
0: First ever two-part of the Scouting (laughs) Centre.
1: that we talk about this concept of the table, right? Because for a long time, we all had our own individual desks and nobody would talk to anybody else. And that's something I was really keen to do for about probably four or five showdowns. I was like, we've got to stop having dead nothing. What actually happened to me in the months after that was, I couldn't motivate myself.
0: Hello all, end of episode recap. I hope you really enjoyed that first part of the Dr. Benji Scouting Center. Obviously this is split into two parts. If you did like it, like this video, subscribe to the channel. The next episode will be premiered Friday 4 p.m. on the same channel. Once again, thank you so much, Dr. Benji. It was a two and a half hour conversation, hence why we're in two parts. But I really hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you all on Friday at 4pm for the next episode of the Scouting Centre. Take care. Bye bye.